All right, Wednesday night, October 5th. I love October. October is my favorite month. And I love the temperatures that we normally get in October. I wish we would have October temperatures in September and November. But usually we get just a couple weeks of really cool, you know, neat, good, temp perfect temperatures. And then not enough to really enjoy, and then we move on to something really cold or whatever. But you never know what you're going to get, especially in our, our area. You never know what you're going to get. You get a lot of people talking about uh, climate change. You hear that all the time. And I'd like to do a message on that sometime soon. I know it would, it'll really irritate certain people, so it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. And, you know, you hear people, you, if you watch the news, you, you see people, they, they say they're politicizing everything, um, talking about how bad that hurricane was, and um, they're getting worse and worse. And I can remember in, I think it was 91, when Hurricane Andrew hit Homestead, which is right below Miami. And I had been to Homestead just a couple, maybe four years before that, and stayed in the house there, but Homestead was wiped out completely. But that was, an, that was like a Category 5 storm when it hit Florida. It was worse than the one that just hit, and that was 91. That's, what, 30, over 30 years ago. And then you go back to the turn of the century. I'm talking the last century, 1900. I believe that was the year Galveston got hit. And they, they didn't name hurricanes back then, but one of the worst ever to hit the United States. Well, that was over 100 years ago well over a hundred years ago. Yeah. yeah, it was a really bad spell in the 30s. The 1938 hurricane hit New England. It hit uh, Long Island, one of the worst ever, before they started naming them. So this will all be part of the, the message that I'll do whenever I do that on climate change. Climate's always going to change. Climate always has changed. But to say that man is causing it, you're being ridiculous. You're being absolutely ridiculous. If you think that man is contributing to temperatures, getting to the point where they're unbearable, you're, you're believing a lie. I'm sorry, but you're just you're being controlled by scare tactics, and people need to hear it. Because you watch just any old news, you're going to be told things that are trying to scare you to where you will do what you're told and make decisions out of fear. And we need to get away from that. We need to turn to the Bible and have total trust in what the Word of God says. And you can, you can spend years and years and years trying to... Uh, do certain things to keep the planet clean and um, try to keep temperatures down and all the CO2 stuff and all that. And then one volcano burps. It, it don't have to go off. It doesn't have to erupt. It just burps. And you totally negate everything that you did. It's that simple. But yet, so many people just believe whatever they're told and are just led astray. Um, there, was, there was major pollution problems from factories that needed to be fixed. I'm all for that. I'm all for not cutting trees down. I love trees. I like, I like you, know, you get in the middle of the summer and you have 90 degrees outside and you're outside trying to mow. You know, back when I had a whole bunch of mowing to do, like I don't now, but I would go out early in the morning and mow all day long till, till nighttime when I was younger. And there, in the middle of summer, I loved going to the yards that were next to woods 
There's a certain doctor I used to mow for on the south side of Salem that if it was really hot, I loved going to his house because there's a lot of shade and woods everywhere. And you could feel the cooler air coming through the trees. I'm all for it. You know, if it gets up to 95, I only mow under trees. Everywhere I go, just under trees. <laughs> so I'm all for uh, being in nature. I was, I was listening to something. And, and may, I, I might bring it up as far as a warning. There's a lot of things on YouTube, a lot of things that you can find on podcasts. If you are on the internet and you're looking at certain things, you're watching certain things, it knows what you like. It's, it's recording all of your data. Whatever you shop for, if you shop online, then you get all these ads that go right along with whatever you were looking for. And you're going to be tempted to buy all these other things. If you're looking, so, so when I'm on either YouTube, which I don't, I don't like YouTube, I don't like the company, I'd much rather they go to some, something like Rumble, but I'm just, I don't do it enough. I mean, I hardly, I'm hardly ever on, on the internet. Uh, and the podcast, when you listen to certain things, then other things are going to come in that are kind of like what you have been listening to. So you're going to get a lot of things that you might be wanting to check out. You may check them out, and you may get some really good stuff. It might be entertaining. You might like it, but you got to be careful because there are so many different ways that people try to interpret the Bible. We know that because we got so many different denominations. You might have one big denomination, like the Church of God. We have a Church of God right down the road from here. And then you have a Baptist church right beside it, you know, right past it. Then you go down the road, you got another Baptist church. This Baptist church is way different than the Baptist church that's over there. They're different. And, you know, you, get, you, tr you invite people to church, and they see all of that, and they don't want anything to do with it. So the, I think that's one reason why we have low numbers in churches. Because people hear the fussing and fighting amongst Christians. Christians can't get along. Christians can't agree on the Bible. And they're turned off by it. I don't know how to fix that. You, I can't go out and just fix everybody else's mess-ups. I've got to concentrate on what the Word of God says and preach the Word of God. And I'm going to run into those things, and people are going to ask me questions. Well, do y'all believe this? Or do y'all do this? Or do y'all blah, blah, blah? And I use the Bible to explain why we believe what we believe. So this one particular podcast popped up. And I was looking at some of the titles, and I was very interested in some of them, and I listened to some of them. Excellent. But they're not, it's not much about the Bible, but it's talking about a historical event, a person in history that did an amazing thing. It may talk about, they even talked about uh, going to the moon, landing on the moon, and how significant it was, and what, uh, I think it was Buzz Aldrin, what he said that you don't hear today, but some of the things that he said when he was in space, and he, was, he quoted Bible and read Bible, but you don't hear those things. They hide those things from you. Some really cool stuff that they said. When they got out there, and they got on that moon, and they looked through space, and they looked back down on the earth, they couldn't help but to quote Scripture. They were so moved by it. So a lot of really good things on this podcast, but the people who are behind it, it's a very bad group as far as, I mean, they're great people. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they would treat you like gold, but if you got to look these people up and find out what they really believe. So they're part of the church of God, but they... There was a person, 
And when you listen, when you listen to things, pay attention to do they keep bringing up a person who died so many years ago, whether it be 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, do they keep bringing this person up and, and talk about him like he is right under Jesus? Now, he is so close to being Jesus. Or, you know, he is the one that God used to try to get us back on track. And hardly anybody would listen to him. And uh, it's just so sad. And then they start quoting scriptures, like only a remnant, you know, a remnant, a remnant, of just a, you know, it won't be many. And they'll put themselves in that group of not being many. The Jehovah Witnesses did that. The Mormons have done that. And when this particular man died, I don't, I'm kind of, I don't know if I want to say the, the, the names, but when this person died, they had to break away, that group had to break away from the worldwide Church of God because they were so different. When he died, they declared him to be a heretic and, you know, discount everything he did. Even though he did a lot of good things, but he did not believe in the Trinity. Jesus Christ was an amazing, godly figure, but when, when you look at what they believe, they're saying Jesus became the Son of God. So they don't come right out and say, but, but when, it, when, it, when it says became, it's, he wasn't in the beginning with God, that somewhere down the line he became the Son of God. So they say it in a way that kind of covers them a little bit, but if you, if you uh, really read how they write out their beliefs, you'll pick up on it. But they are what you call non-Trinitarian. And they go to church on, on Saturday because that's the Sabbath. And they really uh, lift up the law. They're very much in, into the law. But some of the things that they, this, this particular radio show is about is really, really good. I mean, excellent stuff. They were, one of them was talking about the happiest country in the world. What do you think is the happiest country in the world? And now, this, this show was on in 2019. So this particular country had just won the award of having the happiest people in the world for the second year in a row. So 2018 and 2019, they were declared the happiest people in the world. Have any guesses on where that would be? Uh, Finland. So why? What was the reason for the happiness? So they go through all these details of why the people there are are, are happy, and then when they get to the end of it, they mix in... Bible stuff to show you that they're doing some Bible things, even though they might not be Christians. They might not really know the Word, but they somehow do some of the things that the Bible says is good. So one of the things that made them so happy was there was trees everywhere. In Finland, there's trees all over the place, and they live in nature, and they do all kinds of stuff in nature. They said that there are more saunas than cars. So they made sauna into a verb. Did you sauna today? So they they may complain about some global warming going on, but yet they get into a 160-degree sauna every single day because it's really, really good for you to be that hot. And then a lot of them go out of the sauna and go directly to the icy Baltic Sea or some river that they have or a lake and go right into the water, 30-degree water. It's icy water. Going, I mean, that... That extreme temperature difference, it should kill you instantly, right? It should kill you instantly. Because just, just a couple degrees difference is supposed to kill you, right? No. You get in an airplane in New York, 
It can be 30 degrees. You can fly in just a few hours and land in Florida, and you get out of the airplane, and it could be 80 degrees, and it doesn't kill you. But since 1976, up until last year, the overall temperature for the world has raised 0.6 degrees since 1976 to last year. I think it's, I think it's like, like one... I know it's not even one, one degree. It's somewhere under one degree. But yet, that's going to kill you? It, it may seem like I'm doing the uh, climate change message now, but I'm just prepping. I'm just, we're just talking. We're just getting warmed up. Warmed up. <clears throat> we're still in a, in a glacial period. We, we still are. We're, we're still in an ice age. There's icebergs in places. And people, people think that if they melt, it's, the sea level is going to rise so high that it'll drown everybody. No. There are certain places in the world that are now covered with water that wasn't before, but then there's all kinds of bodies being found in bodies of water around this country because the water levels are going down. So it depends on where you're at. Was Sodom and Gomorrah, they, they think was out. You know, it was dry land when, when it was uh, bombarded, but it's probably underwater now. It's probably under some water over at the Dead Sea. One of, the, one of the programs, the very thing I'm talking about, one of those programs was talking about doing archaeological digs where Sodom and Gomorrah would have been, and there's glass in the sand. And that glass looks exactly like the glass that is formed in the deserts in southwest America where atomic blasts were done for testing. So they detonate an atomic bomb, and the intense heat crystallizes the sands and stuff. And so there's like pieces of glass laying everywhere because of the intense heat. They found the same type of glass over there. There's never been any kind of intense heat like an atomic bomb or anything like that. But there is a story in the Bible that talks about fire and brimstone coming down out of heaven that could have caused enough heat to do that. And they have found it recently. They're talking about uh, the human body. All of the elements that are in the human body matches dirt. Uncle Si was talking about it on the Unashamed podcast. They, get, they invited Uncle Si to come on the Unashamed podcast, and he was talking about how, how his body, as old as he is, and all the medical procedures he have to, has to have done now, he's like, I'm just dirt. What's that? Good soil. That's exactly what, that's what Sai said. He said, I'm dirt, but I'm good soil. Because he's living the Christian life. The seed that fell on him took root. So yeah, you know, I didn't realize, but they didn't quite figure that out completely from what that radio program said was 1982. You would think they would have figured that out a long time before that. I don't know, that's what they said. That they really didn't quite figure that out until 1982. We were talking about this in Sunday school, weren't we? The only bone in the human body that regenerates itself or can regenerate itself is the rib. What was Eve made from? So Adam was formed out of the dust of the earth, and Eve was made from Adam's rib, so if God would have taken a rib out, it could have regrown. And there is the most stem cells, adult stem cells, are found in the rib. So doctors can take stem cells out of a rib and put them in other parts of the body that have deteriorated, and it'll regrow. It'll, it'll reform itself. So very interesting, and that's new. That's, that's new. As time goes on, they start figuring these things out. Oh, the human body, it's exactly like dirt. Well, the Bible says that Adam was formed from the dust of the earth. Well, we already knew that. They knew that thousands of years ago. You're just now figuring it out. And the rib, oh, wow, you know what? The rib, 
it's got all these stem cells and, and, and it regrow all by itself. And, well, Eve was made out of Adam's rib. Oh. It, when they finally figured out, after all these amazing telescopes going out into space, and they finally got to the point where they had this amazing telescope that could see so far out, they finally said, you, there's just no way you can count it all. The Bible says in Job, the host of, uh, is it Job? I'm not sure if it's Job. But the host of heaven cannot be counted. You can't count all that out there. And the, the smarter we get, and the more techno technologically advanced we get, we finally catch up with what the Bible says. Finally get it. So I think we should uh, really pay attention to what the Bible says. Really should. If you want to go to Finland and live there because it's the happiest place in the world, they won't let you in. You might be able to go to vacation there, but you can't stay. They have, like, I think it's, it's one of the countries that have the least amount of anybody other than ethnic Finnish people live there. They don't allow other people in their country to live there. Another, uh, they did a test, and they took, uh, this, is, this is pretty cool. They took wallets, a wallet. They put $50 cash in each wallet, ID, and a way to get in touch with the person who owned it. They were, all of them were made up. And this group went to different cities in the world. One of the cities was in, in Portugal. Another city was Madrid, Spain. And then one of them was Helsinki, Finland. And there was many others, but they didn't get into which the other ones were. Oh, by the way, the United States, you know where it ranked back in 2019? Happy, be the happiest country where it ranked. It, it went from 18 down to 19 at that point in 2019. Okay, so back to uh, the wallet test. So they took 12 wallets and they randomly dropped them in different places in the city in Portugal. And then they waited, because they, they had, you know, the, the phone number was going to this one particular person who was testing this. One wallet got turned in. And it was a couple who were visiting from another country. They were from, like, the Netherlands. So really, they were, they were 0 for 12 as far as Portugal. So if you want to go to Portugal, uh, good luck. Madrid, Spain, two of the 12 wallets were returned with the money in it, right? In Helsinki, Finland, 11 out of the 12 wallets that were randomly dropped were turned in with all the money. 11 out of 12. So they interviewed the people who turned them in. Well, they didn't realize they were part of a test, and they just wanted to talk to them and find out why, why are you so honest and why did you turn this wallet in? It was an easy 50 bucks you could have had. And they're like, well, if I would have lost my wallet, I would have liked for somebody to turn it in. You know, treat others as you want to be treated. That, you might be able to find that in the Bible somewhere, right? So, honesty, the feeling of family, people who live there know each other and they protect each other, so it's a happier place. Now, their form of government would never work in the United States of America. They are a liberal-type, you know, socialist-type government, would never work in America. No way. But they look out for each other. Uh, I don't know if you remember Ronald Reagan saying that, talking about how he hated socialism, he just didn't like socialism, and he said, Ronald Reagan one time said, socialism, they figured out that there's only two places it'll work. In heaven where it's not really needed, and in hell, where it's already established. That's what he said. Reagan was pretty cool. Very good president. Now, some will argue with me. There's plenty that would argue with me. 
But he, he wasn't a politician, really. He was, what, what did he do for a living? An actor. He was an actor. He, he said, he was talking about how he would, uh, when he first got into politics, the very first time he got into politics, he was going around campaigning, and he would go to people's houses and knock on the door, and he went to this one house, and this uh, young fella come up to the door, and he was talking to him, and, and uh, Reagan said, uh, do you know who I am? And he went, well, you look familiar. And he said, well, I'm, I'm an actor. I was, I was an actor in the past. Oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. And he was trying to figure out who he was, and he said, give me a hint. And Reagan said, my initials are R-R. And he went, eyes got real big, and he turned around, started running through the house. Mom, Mom, hurry up. Roy Rogers is at our front door. <laughs> but it was old Ronnie. Ronnie Reagan. Do you see the differences from Sandlin and here? How many wallets would get turned in? around here. I can remember being, I, I worked at uh, Shoney's down in Salem, which is now Angel's Restaurant on Wildwood Road. I when I was in high school, I was probably a junior in high school, I'm guessing. And there was a man who lived up in this area who was eating there, and he, his wallet came out of his pocket and was sitting in the, one of the booths, one of the bench chairs there. And it went down in behind where you couldn't really see it. So I was out there in the dining room, and I can't remember the situation, but anyway, we were cleaning up, and I saw the wallet back there. So I, I got hold of it and opened it up. It was a lot of cash in there, a bunch of cash. So I saw the driver's license, and I went up to the lady who was who, like the, the dining room management position, and, I, and I, I showed her how much money was in it. I, we counted it. I said, see how much money's in here? And here's the dude. And so they tried to figure out who he was, looked him up in a... It was, back then, we had these books that had white pages and yellow pages in it. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And uh, you could look people up in them. So we found his number. They called him. The next day, he came back down there to get it because it was really late at night when we found it. And, he, of course, he had freaked out because he couldn't find his wallet anywhere. But there were so many people that were working there around me that were wanting to get the money. So I, I made sure I, I, I counted it. And I said, See, it's all here. We counted it. You're my witness. So when the guy came the next day to get the wallet, he looked in it, and he, all the money was still there. And he just could not believe it. Could not believe it. So... I was back there working, and they come and said, hey, they, somebody up here wants to see you. So I come out, and I walked up there, and, and I, I, I knew it was because I looked at the driver's license. So I knew that was the guy, and he, uh, he, he opened his wallet up. He, he, he was trying to give me, I can't remember how much it was. It might, it might have been $50 or something. He was trying to give it to me, and he said, he said here. And I said, no, I, I, don't, I don't want your money. I said, it's yours. And he said, well, I just, he said, I'm just amazed that there's, honest people left, but I, I didn't take a, anything from him. I'm like, that's just what I should have done. I don't need to be rewarded for doing what I should have done. But he was nice enough to at least, you know, offer it to me. So James chapter 5 is where we're at. So we'll do a little bit out of James. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days." I don't know if there's ever been a sermon preached on that. It's, it's, that's part of Scripture that people skip over. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to bring it up in church. And, but why do you think that is? Jesus talked to some rich people, 
and talked about rich people in the Gospels. You had the rich young ruler who thought he was pretty good. He was blessed because he had riches. You know, if you were well off, you were being blessed by God. If you had some type of ailment and, and you didn't have anything, then maybe you were being cursed by God. That's kind of the mindset that they had. So there was also the other rich man who, who had so much increase that he decided to tear down all of his little barns and build bigger barns, and he was just going to fill them all up, and then he was just going to stop doing, and he's going to sit back and relax and do nothing. And that, in, that, in that parable said, You fool, this very night your soul will be required of you. So you build up all this wealth, and you don't even realize that tonight you're dying, and you're leaving all that behind. And what kind of treasure have you stored up in heaven? Now, notice the wording here. Now, there are... So this is not saying that if you're rich, you're doomed. It's not saying that at all. We've got to make sure you understand that. There have been some very rich people that are great godly people. I think Truett Cathy, who is the founder of Chick-fil-A, was one of those people. It didn't matter how rich he got, he made sure that he kept the money busy. He didn't hoard it up for himself, but he made sure that it went out and made, gave other people opportunity to do well as, as, as well. And a lot of it went into, was it foster homes? So let's say you have a couple in this church and there's foster kids that need parents to watch them for a period of time. The good Christian parents are very willing, but they, they just can't do it because financially they just can't do it. So Truett Cathy saw those situations and he put them in a house. All right, that, the house you live in, you can't put anybody else in there. It's too small. Well, how about this two-story house over here? So he put them in a big house, and then they could take in five foster kids or six or whatever. And so he supported that. He did, that, he did a bunch of those. That's, that was Truett Cathy. Truett Cathy, even though he became a millionaire, was still the Sunday school teacher in his church when he was in his 80s and 90s. I think he taught the third. He was a big church. He had all kinds of kids there, and I think he had the 13. Wouldn't it be nice if we had to have a, a room for the 13, 14-year-olds and then another room for the 10 to 12 years old, you know? You know, we got get kids here. To, we got just enough to fill one room, or maybe not even that. But he was a Sunday school teacher for the young people. An example of a very godly person who didn't sit on his wealth, but he took it that wealth as a blessing and wanted to give other people opportunities. So you have all these Chick-fil-A's all over the country now. Every person who runs one has the opportunity to become wealthy themselves. And if they do it with the same kind of spirit that Truett Cathy had, then they're going to give opportunity to other people. So, but there's a whole lot of really rich people that you can bring up that are total opposite of that. There are people who want to build up wealth and they can do it. It's, it's, you are doing it. You are building up security for yourself so that you can feel like you're taken care of and you're, you're, you're uh, wanting security for your life. But there, there are, you, you can let that become your own salvation for a very short period of time because your life is just a vapor, right? So you can get all your confidence and your, your security in and building up for yourself, and then you die, what happens then? So in verse 3, and shall eat 
your flesh as it were fire. Now that's reference to hell, possibly. So you do all these things in this life to be secure and comfortable, live a life of leisure, pleasure, but if you, and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if that's all you do for the purpose of just you, then is it fire at the end of all that? Because if you don't get things right on the spiritual side of things, and you're not taking care of others, and you're not making sure that you're taking care of the spiritual issues, all that will be for nothing because you end up in hell one day. Right? So we got to be careful not to allow your riches to corrupt you. All right, verse 4. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you, kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Sabbath. All right, so what I just said about Drew and Kathy, that's what, that's what it's describing. If he would have hoarded all that up for himself and not employed all those people and given opportunity for all those foster houses then that would have been him right there. But it wasn't. The hire of the laborers who reap down your fields. Five, ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. All right, so you have this, you have this cow. The cows are in the field. They're just munching on grass. Well, you bring them in. You might bring one in, and then he's getting all this sweet feed, and he thinks life is all of a sudden wonderful. Why is he getting all that sweet feed? He's getting fattened up for the slaughter, right? You have condemned and killed the just, and he doeth not resist you. Seven, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, Behold, the husbandman, now the husbandman is the person who takes care of the crop, whether it be pruning the tree for more fruit to be produced, but the the gardener, that would be the husbandman. When you see that in the King James Bible, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Notice the long patience. uh, Waiteth for the precious fruit. So don't be consumed with trying to accumulate a bunch of stuff fast. Or don't fall for get-rich-quick schemes. People are... You know, gambling is one of the worst get-rich-quick schemes. You don't hear much about that. You don't hear much preaching about that. But back when I was a little kid, you might have heard some preaching on don't gamble. Gambling's a sin. Well, there's gambling all over the place now. The lottery thing for Virginia has been around since probably 30-some years. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's been been around a long time. And it's a get-rich-quick thing. I know uh, some people, I know two that I can really think of that I knew fairly well, that one, one, one couple, we, uh, we know, won $100,000 on a lottery. Well, they were divorced within, what, nine months? They got, they got $100,000. Of course, after taxes, it wasn't hardly anything, but they had that $100,000 in their brain. They bought, they went and bought bunch of land and whatever, and next thing you know, they were divorced. There was another couple. They were older. I think they won $10,000. And the man spent pretty much all the $10,000. The wife got none of it, and then they split up. Over 10000 bucks. 
because this is 20-some years ago. The other couple I'm referring to, we, you know, it was probably almost 30 years ago, if not more than 30 years ago, that won the 100000 But then you hear stories of people winning the big lotteries in different states and how it ruins them. It absolutely ruins them. So there's all kinds of other schemes, as you've all heard of, uh, trying to get rich quick. Well, this is talking about don't be consumed with that, but a husbandman, he plants. It's days before it comes up out of the soil, months before the harvest comes in. He's got to wait for the, the, the early and the latter rains. Harvest time comes. He goes out and takes in the harvest. He's got to be wise with the harvest. You've got to keep a certain amount back. If you eat it all, you have nothing to plant. So you've you got to be wise and all that. And all that takes some time. Be patient. Just be patient. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Job had all kinds of stuff. And God took it all away. But by the end of the story, he had twofold of everything. I think he doubled up on everything. Just because you go through a really, really bad time doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. Could be. But it does, don't, don't let the things that happen in this life discourage you to the point that you give up or think God's not watching out for you. Because God, if you, if you are a child of God, if you believe on Him, you have to believe that He is looking out for you and He's going to take care of you. And that story of Job is just a very good reminder. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. So make up your mind. When you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're not, don't. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry or happy? Because he just got back from Finland. Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I know at uh, church we were at, all I got up here is some hand sanitizer. So if you're sick, I would just have to put a little hand sanitizer on you, but we don't have any uh, anointing oil up here, but... Pastor Jay used to keep a little bottle of oil up there at the pulpit. And, you know, if somebody was sick, he'd get them up there and he would come down. Remember that? He would, he'd come down there and he'd put a little oil on your forehead and he'd pray over you. Because of this scripture right here. He would holler for, he would usually holler for me if I was there. He wanted me to come up there because... We didn't really have elders in the church or deacons or anything like that, but he had certain people that he would call on to lay hands on the person. We'd pray over them. There were some other, other uh, men at the church that he would call on. Anointing him or her, whoever is sick, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. 
Confess your faults. Notice, notice it says faults. Confess your faults one to another. Now, you know, sometimes you need to go, go to God with your sins. But don't be afraid to confess your faults one to another. We all have faults. Uh, we really shouldn't have a lot of sins. We, you know, if you, if you are a born-again child of God, you really shouldn't be going out there and sinning every day. You shouldn't be. And if you do, you need to get with God and talk to Him about it and pray that He will give you what you need to not sin anymore. Because really, we do have the ability to walk through this world and not sin. And when, when, when you hear that, you'll be like, no, there's no way. I'm talking about the... There are certain sins... If you, if you ate too much food over there next week on Sunday, you, go, you eat too much, all right, you're a glutton, you're a sinner. Shame on you. But you don't do that all the time. And almost everybody here is going to be okay with it. Nobody is really going to say, how dare you? Did you see them? How do you know that they ate too much, really? Other, you know, yeah, I, I've been, uh, oh, I can't eat another bite. Oh, I'm so full. Because I really didn't like what they were serving, and I didn't want any more. So, so I wasn't really being a glutton. I was just being a liar. Oh, shame, shame. Because they bring a chocolate cake out, and I just said, oh, I can't eat another bite. And they're like, here, you want some cake? Cut me a big piece. <laughs> but that's, we have faults. And we, we should, as brothers and sisters, we should talk to each other about those things. And pray for me. Help, you know, help me with this. We all need to know that we, are, we have faults and be patient with each other. And pray one for another. That's, the, that's what it says right after that. That ye may be healed, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Just, just showing you how powerful prayer is. It's just an example of, look at what Elijah did. He, he was a person just like each and every one of us. He had struggles. When uh, Jezebel was after him, he ran off like a scared little boy. Jezebel must have been scary for Elijah to run off like that and be scared of her. But even though that's, that was a fault of his, he, he, he whined because he thought he was the only one left. And God's like, I've preserved way more than just you. Was it 7,000? I can't remember. It was so, so many other prophets that had not bowed down to Baal. And then he prayed again, and he prayed again, and, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. So, if you're a sinner, when someone comes to you, wants to pray over you, tell you what the Word of God says about sin, accept it, don't be proud, listen. All of us need to understand that prayer is powerful, and we see so many people that are going, they're, they're, they're just lost. So many people are lost. But, back up to 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, or a righteous woman. 
pray. I'm guilty of it myself. Don't pray enough. And it shows that we don't have a lot of faith in our Heavenly Father when we fail to pray and fail to go out and I don't want to talk to them because their sin's kind of bad and I don't want to bring it up. Most people understand that the sinful life they're living in is destroying them. Talk to them about it. Show them that there is a wonderful Savior that is willing to take them in. No matter how bad they've been, He's willing to take them in. He loves them just the way they are, and it hurts Him to see lives being destroyed by sin. Sin ends up in death. And if you are able to go after somebody and convert them from those sinful ways, you're going to save the soul from death and hide that multitude of sins. You know, Adrian Rogers, he says many times, sin thrills, then it kills. Sin thrills, and then it kills. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the time that we have that we can come together. We can open up your word. Father, we can pray here and we can, we can pray over, over each other. Father, if there's anybody sick, that we, we can get them to come up. We can lay hands on them. Father, there's so many things that you have given us in your word for us to do. And Father, I pray that when we come together that we're reminded of all those things so that when we leave here and go out into this world that we would be a little more bold to show people that we, we love them because we don't want to see their sin take them to death. But Father, we want to see their sin cleansed and done away with so they can live forever with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.